Well, good evening, folks. Uh, this is Bryce Eddy here, Liberty Station. Um, we've got a fantastic guest tonight for you. Uh, I'm flying solo because uh, Rob is uh, fighting the good fight down at Disneyland along with Sean Foyt um, as we are recording this. So uh, exciting times. They are um, doing the Lord's work and getting people to abandon uh, the, the evil uh, things that they're doing. Tonight, I have got a another warrior um, on the show, and that is Christy Lozano. Christy, before I um, welcome her, I'm going to say a couple of quick things about her. Uh, I was introduced to her through uh, a friend of my wife's, and um, she has been fighting in Santa Barbara. She works for um, the school district there and has exposed publicly a lot of the things that they're doing, uh, programming the kids in that school district and she is, uh, you know, taking all sorts of heat for it. But uh, through that, she went on the Laura Ingram show and um, is just doing some tremendous stuff. Uh, we love to highlight brave people, and that's what we're doing here so that we can continue to support her. So with that, um, Christy Lozano, come on. Hi, Bryce. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, well, I'm excited to have you. You know, you and I had a, a, a nice long conversation and, and talked a little bit about what was going on when uh, when we got introduced. And uh, I'd love for you to tell your story, talk about, uh, you know, what's happening and kind of catch us up. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how we can support you and all that. So, um, you know, give us your story. Sure. Well, you know, I think sometimes we think we're only going to do one thing that's brave, but <laughs> that's not often how the Lord works. He calls us to bravery and to continue to be brave and to continue to trust him. So I've worked in the Santa Barbara Unified School District for 18 years, and <clears throat> I've taught at all levels. I've taught nine years high school four years uh, junior high and six years elementary, elementary being my favorite. And I was most recently teaching elementary school through the pandemic and before. And when the pandemic happened, like a lot of parents, I, I'm a physical education teacher, so I'm usually out on the playground and doing sports with kids and all kinds of fun programs. But I went into the classroom and, and I've known that there's stuff going on in the district um, for a long time. And there just hasn't been an opportunity to really talk about it. And when I went into the classroom, I could see some of this curriculum and how it was weaving itself into these lessons for little kids from, you know, preschool um, to sixth grade. And and I think I knew that they had done this indoctrination training on us here in Santa Barbara Unified since about 2005 is when it started. And they made the teachers go through these different trainings, they won't say made, they'll say we were, we volunteered, but we were voluntold, you know how that works? Yep, yep, voluntold. So, yeah, so I've been put through these trainings, uh, racial bias trainings, implicit bias, you know, uh, equity, all these terms that everybody is, is hearing, and, and I knew they were wrong. I, from the core of my being, I'm like, what is going on? You know, some teachers would come out of them and go, wow. I never realized I was a racist, you know, they're white and I never realized that or, you know, people of color. Oh, I never realized there was so much racism in our district. And I was like, no, 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 this is not OK. But there was not really anybody to talk to and or anything to do about it. And so for years we've had to live with this. And I've seen how it's gone from the teachers and then into the parents and then into the kids 
um, and into the kids to each other and into local community programs and how it's just slithered its way around and made itself into all different kinds of, you know, um, learning opportunities, you know, so-called learning opportunities for kids. And, and I've, I've spoken out and I've, you know, talked to people and I've sent, you know, Christopher Rufo stuff and I've done, you know, a lot of different things to try to help um, with the situation. You know, I had access. I had firsthand information. I could send, you know, things that kids have written. You know, I've seen them firsthand. And, you know, and so I always was doing my due diligence, send things out and talk about them. And we had a an organization who sued the school district four years ago for this curriculum because the district refused to show it to them. It ended up being the first critical race theory lawsuit in the nation. It sort of launched that concept across the nation. They lost the lawsuit, you know, judges in California are yep. different judges in other states. And so they lost, but you know, I think they still won because they got it going. Sometimes it's not always about just winning your first battle. Sometimes it's battle after battle. You win some, you lose some. But, you know, really, and it really matters what ends up at the, at the end of it. And so uh, when I saw this stuff happening to the little kids, I was like, oh, we've got to do something. And, you know, besides just the curriculum, it's a it's a culture. It's a mentality. It's a... Uh, taking the discipline out of the schools. I've watched, you know, they bring in restorative approaches, which is actually a very biblical concept. I was trained in this uh, for the school district back in Colorado, and it's a great concept. It's conflict resolution. It's taking responsibility. It's forgiving each other, and, you know, and there's a purpose for it, but they weren't using it for the purpose that we were, we were taught, and I saw it undermining discipline. I saw it being used instead of discipline. And I mean, I would so okay. I would so, go so l- mm-hmm. let me interrupt you because I, w- I want to press into that a little bit. So, so what is it that you saw them doing instead of that that you know kind of mm-hmm. biblically framed process? Like, what what did it look like instead? I saw them <clears throat> not addressing uh, behavior, like uh, you know, bad behaviors. When a bad behavior occurred, they would use a restorative approach, but it, it, you know, all the kid had to do is say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, there was no consequence. There was no um, action for the offense that had taken place. And it really started to undermine the disciplinary system. You know, I would say it's a defund the police sort of move, you know, like if we can bring in restorative approaches, then we don't have to do discipline. And really, they, they work hand in hand. If a kid can be restored, I mean, think about the Bible, right? If, if they are restored, that's good. But if they're not, there's discipline, right? you know, and they're both important. Um, but they've used it to undermine discipline. And so really kind of using it for the wrong reasons, not bringing it in and using it for the right reasons. You know, I like that you are, are connecting that to the defund the police movement and all that stuff, because it is essentially the the, the same uh, idea. We had um, Senator Shannon Grove on our, our program the other night, and she's talking about the human trafficking bill that didn't even make it out of committee. And uh, and the reasoning that they had was, well, essentially, um, the, the, the senators that did not vote to get it out of committee, they made the excuse that, well, uh, punishment and elevating punishment in these cases doesn't really work. 
So I think that's that same mentality, whether it's police or now indoor schools, it's that same ideology that yeah. says that, uh, that actual discipline, um, you know, or, or any kind of punishment is actually bad. Right. Right. And they try to, uh, you know, make a case for it. And then if they can get you to compromise, then you've given something away. Well, right. let's just riot let's just see it's like no it's not it's it's like lowering the bar never fixes a problem when you lower the standard you know the problem's going to get worse i mean that's just like norm you know human basic law <laughs> so uh but that's what they've tried to do and they've tried to use it you know we even had our uh our da approach here in santa barbara oh let's bring restorative approaches into the community. I'm like, if they do that, it's going to take away discipline. You know, a lot of the, if you look at BLM strategies, you know, don't, you know, make minor crimes legal, lighten sentences, let people out of jail sooner. Like that's just part of the whole, like you said, ideology. And so discipline is at an all time low in our district. I think you know, they started lowering the bar to show an improvement. So when you lower the bar to show an improvement, yeah. oh, we have less expulsions because we made the offenses, the, the, the offenses higher. It's like, no, yeah. let's well, they, they, yeah, they do that with crime in general. They bust a bunch of things from felonies down to misdemeanors and they say, oh, look, crime has dropped when all they've right. done is just reclassify um, right. things to a lesser crime. Right. And crime is at an all time high. And I would go so far as to say that schools, it's a school to prison pipeline. They talk about the school to prison pipeline all the time. But if kids don't learn that things matter when they're little and that there's consequences, guess what? When they become adults, they have that same thinking. So that doesn't change over time. It, it just they actually do worse things because they don't have any sort of uh, self-control, self-awareness you know, that, oh, I shouldn't do this. I should be afraid of doing this because there will be a consequence. And so I've watched the steady decline of that for the last 18 years. And as a teacher, it has made teaching near impossible. Uh, an article came out the other day that California is 50th in all the United States for literacy. We're in last place. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> well, we ruin everything, so not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, so this, you know, critical race theory, now the new term is going to be social-emotional learning because, you know, we have a mental health crisis. Well, I, I mean, it actually makes perfect sense. You're going to have a mental health crisis when safety is less. When, when times are more dangerous, that's going to cause mental illness because people don't feel safe and they are scared. And so, and there's, you know the rules aren't being followed and all that kind of stuff. And so there's been a ton of money in our district focused on racial um, programs and trainings. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, there was a pilot program back in 2013. So we've had it seven years and we had 12 racial incidents in the last month, you know, and it's actually simple math, teach racism kids do racism and you have racial incidents, <laughs> you know, if they were teaching kids education, then their test scores would probably be going up and we'd have literacy, but that's not what's happening. 
So, you know, the number one thing about some of these curriculums is that uh, it's replaced learning. And so I started coming to board meetings and I started speaking up about some of these different things going on in the school district. And I started getting retaliated on by the school district. Uh, I received a letter of reprimand saying that I lied at a school board meeting when I talked about an incident that happened at the high school that I work at. Uh, And um, they were removing the SROs, the safety resource officers from the high schools. And so, you know, I've gone to bat, you know, teachers don't speak out in Santa Barbara because they get retaliated on, Uh, you know, I'm sort of an anomaly, (laughs) but I see it as my way out. So I was speaking up, I started being retaliated on, they started letting kids act bad towards me in class. They started uh, not disciplining kids when they would do stuff to me. And so it became a hostile work environment for me. Um, at school. And so I had a lot of sick time. And I, so I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. You know, I'm not going to stick around. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew it was unsafe for me to um, stay there. I had gone to uh, the school board president and talked about it. I had gone to HR and talked about it. I went to the superintendent. She never met with me. She sent her right hand guy. And when I went to talk to him, he refused to speak to me because it wasn't one-on-one. I brought somebody with me because I know that's the safe thing to do. And he would mm-hmm. refuse to speak with me. And so I, I requested that we reschedule and he never replied. So uh, I did my due diligence, kind of like Matthew 18 teaches to go to the people and talk to them. Amen. <laughs> and it didn't result in, in any sort of dialogue or, you know, problem solving. And I'm not somebody who does things over and over again, expecting a different response. I, you know, think outside the box. I think that's where bravery and courage and creativity have to come in to try different sorts of things. And so in January, I created a video where I went into detail and showed a curriculum that was being hidden from the parents. Um, it's a curriculum that is given to the teachers. They'll, te- they'll say the newspaper and whoever they are, the people protecting it will say that it's just resources. It's just resources for the teachers, but it's more than resources. They bring um, kids into staff meetings and have them train the staff on pronoun surveys and the LGBTQ community. And and they use a lot of staff meetings for these sorts of things. And then the principal pushes out that all the teachers need to be working on this. all the teachers need to be teaching all of these things. And, you know, there's a lot of books in the school district that are filled, you know, they're not um, literature books or, you know, really good, like conceptual thinking, good, big words. They're filled with a lot of um, sexuality, hypersexuality and uh, racial tension. And uh, my daughter's in high school, she's in 10th grade and I see it constantly. I see it in her Spanish class. I see it in her English class. I see it in her math class. I see it in her biology class. You know, you can't get away from it. So I made the video and it went viral within about 24 hours when it was discovered. I didn't actually even push it out yet. I was waiting for an article to come out, but some teachers at one of the high schools discovered it and they started sending it around and it went viral within 24 hours. Uh, Fox News contacted me and 
and showed the video. And then two days later, I had an interview with Laura Ingram where we discussed it. And, you know, I, I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force. And so I think it runs really deep in my blood to protect people and to protect constitutional rights. And, um, and I've always been that way uh, in the districts. I've gotten in trouble for speaking up about things because they don't really like when people bring problems to the forefront. And so, but I know that I work for God and I, as a teacher, he holds me highly responsible to protect kids and to be a good yep. teacher. And so I really feel a moral obligation to do that. And, and that's what I've done. And so since the video went viral, um, there was uh, some elections coming and uh, I decided to run for County of Santa Barbara Superintendent of Schools. Make All a big right. jump to the top because I figured, oh, that's a way to change it. Get to the top and we can do a top-down approach. <laughs> and, you know, I prayed about it and had people praying for me. And I decided to do it, to, to take it on. And um, I've been a leader in, in a lot of the programs. I was the head soccer coach. I was a union rep. I uh, was a department chair. I built programs. I was successful building programs. And I'm kind of visionary and I know how to, you know, work with people. I, I'm a good communicator and work with people well. So I thought, you know, I could do this. I could do this job. I could help fix things. And as soon as I put my name on the ballot, uh, about a week later, somebody filed a lawsuit against me. And I was like, a lawsuit? I'm getting sued for exercising my civil rights? And, and I'm being sued, be this position I'm running for, nobody has challenged for 40 years. The, wow. the, the current incumbent has been there five and her predecessor was there 35 years and he groomed her and put her into place and nobody has challenged the position. So the lawsuit wasn't just against me personally and taking my name off the ballot. The lawsuit was to take the choice from the people, from giving the people a choice. First time in 40 years. And so I think that speaks for itself that there's some things going yeah, on there. Yeah, they're feeling... Yeah, they're feeling threatened. But but ex wait, explain that. They they want to make this an appointed position instead of an elected position? Or what do you mean? Well, it's been an appointment because nobody has ever run right. the race, you know, run for election for the yeah, position. Yeah, so they just pick their successor so and, you sort know, of right. just on radar. Um, it was a law firm in Sacramento that was hired to of course. file the lawsuit. And so... Um, and so they filed the lawsuit. Um, I had to quickly get an attorney. I have this amazing attorney that stepped up like right away and he wanted to help me. And within from start to finish, it was a nine day process. They did an ex parte uh, to speed it up. And it was the day before the ballots were being printed that we had the lawsuit. And they brought in a case that they tried to use against me of another individual with my same administrative credential. I haven't actually been hired as an administrator yet, so my credential hasn't been activated. But all it is is an activation. I get a job offer, I activate it, I pay a $100 fee, that's it. But they were saying that I was not qualified, that I hadn't finished my credential, which I had. And so they tried to use a case where uh, somebody tried to get on the ballot up in Tuolumne County, and he had the same credential as me, and his county assessor didn't accept his paperwork. The difference was my county assessor did. They not only sued me, but they sued the county assessor. 
And he said, it is part of the democratic process. I'm going to let the people decide. I'm accepting her, her name. And so the judge agreed. She agreed right. that I, the credential was, was enough and that I should stay on the ballot and that the people should decide. And the next day, uh, the ballots went to print. We had contacted this individual up at Twelme, and we had talked about the the uh, about his case. And so, when we won the lawsuit, we contacted him. He hired my attorney. He sued his county, and he could <laughs> he got his name put back on the ballot. Amen. So it's two wins. <laughs> That's fantastic. So God is good. God is in. The, I, I know He is in the mix. I know I did not get in this position without the Lord bringing me to this place. And I always say to him, okay, Lord, you got me here. You got to get me through it. You know, and whatever that means, if that means I win, if it means I don't, if I'm just, you know, a catalyst for change. Um, but I'm willing to be used by the Lord like that. And I, um, I trust him and, you know, we'll have to walk by faith because I don't know what I'm doing at the time, but, but it's fun. It's, it's fun partnering with the Lord and, and seeing him win these battles and seeing the people that he brings and puts in place and, you know, the things that he does. And so, um, so it's, it's good, but it's hard, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so blessed by that. Uh, I mean, what, what an amazing thing. I love that. That is so awesome. Um, well, you know, uh, I, I've got a couple of other questions, but, but this is a good point to ask you, how, you know, how can our audience, you know, we've got a lot of folks in, in um, your neck of the woods, um, you know, that, that watch our show, uh, obviously a lot of people here, how can they help you aside yeah. from voting? Get out yeah. there, people, vote. Well, I, <laughs> I think, you know, it's six weeks till the election. The election is June yeah. 7th. It doesn't even go to November. And and, you know, God, he's the God of the underdog. You know, we've seen yeah. it so many times in the Bible and he uses people. And I think, you know, partnering either whether it's financially, most importantly, getting my name out, sharing vi my videos, sharing my website, you know, send it to everybody in your contacts, at least send the website so they know who I am. They know to vote if they're in the Santa Barbara area. You know, I don't think that this is just a fight for um, for Santa Barbara, per se. I think Santa Barbara is one of the ground zeros. I think, you know, when this lawsuit was filed back in 2018, they sent eight attorneys from D.C. to fight this little lawsuit in Santa Barbara Unified School District. Wow. So really, I think what happens in Santa Barbara and, and probably some other cities in this state if they can get it really rooted and grounded, then, you know, it has a tendency to spread throughout the state, across the nation. And so praying for us, you know, everyone says, I'm praying for you. And I said, I really appreciate the prayers because, you know, the Lord wants us to intercede for each other and pray for each other and, and really pray for, you know, our community's eyes to be opened for them to, you know, uh, repent and, um, and ask for forgiveness for a lot of these things that are going on. We don't, you know, we don't want anyone to be separated from God. And so, you know, praying for our enemies is part of the deal. And that's why I try to, when I speak to them, be respectful. I try to talk kindly. You know, I have my boundaries. Like, I don't like to be disrespected by people. But I really try not to do it back because we're supposed to treat others the way we want to be treated. And, 
Um, and more people will listen, the gentler that we can talk and the more, um, you know, out of our heart, um, some of it out of our head. Um, but you know, they'll know us by our love. And so I try to be positive and take that approach so that I can win them over instead of, you know, beat them, you know, um, first and foremost, I think that's the most important thing. And so, um, I've had a lot of nasty articles written about me in our local newspapers. And I just kind of, when I have an opportunity to have a good article, you know, I have a little bit of humor. I, um, uh, you know, I I don't let it get to me because I know who I am in Christ, and they, yeah. they're not. You're, you're over the you're over the target if they're uh, you know firing uh, at you. Right, and so in a way, I don't I, I don't take it personal because I know it's way bigger than me. It's this yeah. thing we're trying to protect, but it, you know it can it, it can be discouraging though, and and yeah. uh, you I know have my and days. people. Yeah, people understand that. I mean, it's uh, the the wickedness of of you know how they try to frame people who are fighting yeah. against their narrative and and standing up for for what we believe in and certainly being a Christian. You know, they'll they'll do whatever they can to to disparage us. And you know, obviously, you know, we're we're a target all the time here in our yeah. community. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know, you get used to it after a little while. I mean, I yeah. I don't need to be liked, and it doesn't ever bother me. Um, but uh, but it does tell you that you're, I think, doing the right thing if you if it seems like all the guns are blazing against you. Yeah, it feels better to do the right thing than to do the Amen. wrong thing and, you know, have guilt about that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and we're human. So things hurt our feelings and we have those bad days. But that's where my friends come in and, you know, the people that know me the most you know they can come in and give me some encouragement and some support and that's important too yeah so um uh, give us your website and you know how people can contact yeah. and support you yeah so my website is www.christylozano.com i'll spell that for you c-h-r-i-s-t-y-l-o-z-a-n-o and on there, you can donate if you want to give a little small donation or a big donation. I'll take either one. Um, share the, the, the website with people so they know who to vote for. Um, uh, we have uh, up in, you know, North County, which is Santa Maria, Lompoc. Um, we have some really great people up in that area. And I've spent 18 years down in Santa Barbara. And as we know, it's pretty liberal and... Yeah. <laughs> And that sort of thing. But uh, I'm running for a nonpartisan position. And I really want to take politics out of the classroom and refocus on education. And so I would think that that's something that most people can agree on. You know, the ones that are making money off of all of the nonsense that's going on, they're the ones not happy. But for those of us that love our kids and love our grandkids and want them to have hope in the future, you know, they need an education for that. And so, um, you know, those are the people that I want to speak to and um, encourage that, you know, you, you have finally have a choice in Santa Barbara as to who you would like to run the run the uh, county office of education. So I hope people yeah. go out and exercise their right. Well, I think that's an important message because it is true. Um, you know, I, I'm wanting and I, I have a real spirit to unifying people. And I think that we've been so... Um, divided intentionally and the mm -hmm. reality is most of the people in your neighborhood 
that are just you know let's let's call them well-meaning liberal Democrats are are not the crazy communist left or Marxists right. that that want to own your children. Right. You know, they may have some ideas that we don't totally jive with. You know, we may have a you know Christian perspective that they don't agree with. But at the end of the day, um, we have to get back to being willing to, you know, have a cup of tea or coffee with one another. And and I think those are the folks that we do need to be reaching out to and, you know, and, and reconciling with for the purposes mm-hmm. of saving our kids. Mm-hmm. Because they're coming for their kids as well. And they don't, uh, you know, they don't really, I think, always recognize it, but they're starting to. And I have yeah. hope that that those uh, the the crazy communist left has overplayed their hand on a lot of these things. We're right. seeing it right now, you know, where where Disney is losing their mm-hmm. shareholders and their subscriptions mm-hmm. are being you know dumped. Uh, and and it's you know it's evident that uh, you know people are not down with them attacking our kids. Right. And uh, and that's why we're encouraging folks, you know, to to run for school board offices and and you know really get involved at those levels because that's where it starts right and and we've all ignored so much of that for so many years where the you know the the lunatics have have gotten in mm-hmm. yeah you know one of the things that had uh, dawned on me a few years back is the actions speak louder than words you know, yeah. most people want to use their words all the time. And at some point, you have to stop with the words and the actions have to come into play because just talking all the time is very frustrating. It's discouraging. It's and you kind of have to, you know, that's a concept to actually kind of understand in your mind. Like, OK, yes, words are fine, but we have to take action. We have to drop our subscriptions. We have to roll up our sleeves and get involved. We have to run for office. We have to, you know, do crazy things like make YouTube videos or whatever to get people to understand. Or, you know, it's kind of fun sometimes. Like, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? What's going to be next, Lord? Like, you know, um, you never know sometimes what is going to have an effect. Don't keep doing the same things over and over again that aren't effective. It, It I think it's like hope deferred makes a heart sick. So if yep. you're hoping that what you keep doing is going to work, it's actually making your heart sick. So stop doing it and do something else. Put your energies into, you know, even if it's starting a school, like that's the other thing. It's like, okay, if I don't get elected, I'm going to start a school because I'm going to provide a place for people to take their kids and go actually get educated. And yes, that takes a lot of work and it's like, you know, figure out how to do all that but that's more productive work than complaining and bemoaning yeah. all that all the time you know so and you'll be saving uh, souls too getting those kids out yeah, of some of those right. schools what about yeah. that job right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so hey, if, if people want to see your uh, your video that went viral um you know what what uh, what's the best place for them to go right now go to youtube and just put my name in christy lozano and I'll pop up on the screen and uh, you can learn a little bit more about me and, and to hear a little bit more of the story. But, um, you know, well, it's we'll see if shocking. we can link it. I need yeah. see it was an action. Speak louder than words. The parents needed to see the curriculum. Right. They needed to see it for themselves. I could have said it, but I walked them through and showed them I, just even a snippet. It was five minutes of what's on there. I mean, there's a whole lot more. 
And, you know, right now, um, SEL is coming. And I'm telling you, they are sending $350 billion to our schools. It's probably the teachers unions that are doing this. Yeah. To to bring in social-emotional learning. And I guarantee social-emotional learning is going to cement CRT in these kid, little kids' brains. And yeah. It's going to be very hard to come back from. So parents, it's, just a re- it's just a rebranding of all these same ideas. Too. It's That's a really rebranding, it but they take it to a level of what how I explain it is if there's a bully and a kid that's being bullied, they're using it to give the bully permission to do what he does and to suppress the emotions and the feelings of the one that's being bullied, which we can all feel that way. We all feel mm-hmm. that way. We feel that suppression of our feelings don't matter. If we think it's wrong, it doesn't matter. We need to be quiet because we don't get to have a voice. And the transgender or the bullies or the BLMs, they all have free reign to talk about whatever they want. And so they're using psychological techniques in an opposite way that they should. And so it's really important that parents reinforce with their kids, no, your feelings are real. They matter. You are allowed to have them. And I'm going to help you you know, get what you need at school. Like if they're still in public school and these things are happening, parents need to get involved. They need to go down there and meet with the principals and talk to the teachers and say, I am not going to allow this to happen to my kid. Get them out if you can. You know, I mean, we, we have to be, uh, defending the helpless kids. are. We we also, we also need more dads to be doing this too. Absolutely. Um, This is a dad's job. Yes. This is a dad's job. (laughs) <laughs> not not to not to take away from the the brave no. you know mama Moms bears are, that are yes. doing this work, but but we do need to hear from more men. So men, I'm talking to you. Yes. Get involved. Go to these Last school night board meetings. At our school board meeting, we had three amazing dads just railing yes. the school board members, and and that's just really how I felt. I'm like, this is a place for dads, and dads. Yeah, are this the is protector. a fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a fight, and uh, yeah, you are protecting your kids and. Again, not to take any way, anything away from these brave moms, yeah. but you know, yes. don't men do not leave it up to your wives to fight. Yes, yes. <laughs> and look at it, because when you look at it, you'll be mad, and that you'll have the yeah. the gumption that you need to go in there and <laughs> do what you need to do. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is thank awesome. You for having I'm, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so glad that it was serendipity that uh, brought us together. Uh, you know, just a casual conversation my wife was, was having and, uh, you know, uh, I'm so, so grateful. So thank you for spending the time. Give us your website, uh, you know, once more. Yes. uh, www.christylozano.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks Bryce. (laughs) All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, get involved. Another uh, brave warrior in this fight. Uh, you know, I, I just appreciate uh, everyone who's laying it all on the line. Uh, take these uh, good examples to heart and get there, get involved. And then remember, dads, we're looking for you too. All right. Uh, good night, folks. Again, this is uh, Liberty Station. See you soon.